There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, all you beautiful people. Uh, Jeremy here from the Sick Boy Podcast of the E1 Podcast Network. And uh, first of all, happy Canada Day weekend to all y'all, even though it's Monday. But, you know, we're, we're rolling through this long weekend. Um, really excited about this week's episode. We're plowing through those Vancouver episodes. Um, but what makes this week so special is that we got to sit down with our new pal, Larry Gifford. Larry Gifford is the senior program director at 980 CKNW and AM 730 Traffic uh, and the manager and of talk and talent for Chorus Vancouver. So he's like a, a big, a big wig in the Vancouver radio scene. So you know Larry's got that, that bitchin' radio voice. But here's what makes this so special. Two things. Number one, this episode was one of our bucket list diseases that we, we were hoping to cover on the podcast at some point. Parkinson's. And Larry dives deep into his experience um, uh, with that disease. And we learned a lot with this one. But also what's really exciting is that Larry has just released his own podcast. And it's all about what it's like to live with Parkinson's. The podcast is called When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Uh, and it's available now uh, on all podcast platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you use to get your podcasts. So after you listen to this episode, we know you're going to love Larry as much as we did. Uh, so when you're done, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give When Life Gives You Parkinson's a search find his show, give it a listen. Um, yeah. And damn, we love all y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did. See you on the other side. Welcome to sick boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Larry. He has Parkinson's disease. Let's talk about it. How do you guys get so handsome on podcasts? Oh, gosh. Well, you know. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. Because my mom and my dad uh, were pretty good looking, and they laid together in a bed. Wow. And I think my dad so it's not ejaculated the inside my mother. Whoa. And went then, there. Yeah. And then, went there. And then that caused me to form inside her belly. Wow. So it's not about the podcasting. It was more about <laughs> no, the sex. No, yeah, it's more about, yeah, my dad and my mom having, more about the sex and having the some hanky-panky. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm all I'm all good. I'm an open book. Whatever you need. Great. Well, uh, I think I think you can tell now after what I just said that I am also an open book. Uh, and uh, same you just describe your parents having sex. You know what? I'm over. I'm over that. I'm over no longer feeling comfortable uh, talking about the parent sex. Parent sex. Parents. Well, fuck, man. Yeah, dude. You know what? And I agree. But at the same time, there's just not that many scenarios where I have to talk about it. Well, I well, I host a sex podcast, and so sometimes it comes up. 
We should have your mom and dad on the show. Bridie wants that very badly, oh. and I do. I don't want to cross that line. Well, that's okay. My parents having <laughs> discourse sex is neither intercourse. Is ne- neither here nor there. Uh, what we don't are, you want to talk about it more? No, now? I don't. No, but you know what I would love to talk about is Parkinson's disease. <laughs> uh, that sounds much more interesting than than talking about my parents' bang. Uh, Larry, hello. <laughs> first of all, I want to say. Uh, thank you for allowing us to come into this beautiful space to record. My pleasure. We are in downtown Vancouver uh, at the, is it, the, is it like the, the Vancouver Chorus head office? Sure. Okay. Let's just say that. Sure. Um, and we're in this like, we're in a legit um, like radio room. Yeah. This is, not, this is not the spare room at your house. Anymore? No, it is not. Uh, there's like the wall, all the walls are like soundproofed, and we have a view of mountains at the window. It's oh yeah, there's mountains crazy. out there. We charge extra for that. Oh, uh, damn it! Well, <laughs> good to know. We'll send you the bill or the invoice. Yeah, great. Um, uh, so we're here to talk about Parkinson's, which I have to say, I, I really am very excited to talk about because it's. Um, I'm shaking in my shoes. I can't. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be lots of those. I wasn't sure if we could go there or not. I was like going to say that I was trembling with excitement to talk about this, but I'm I'm glad you did it first. It makes me feel more comfortable. The reason I am so excited is because this is, this was one of those illness. Oftentimes we have people ask us, um, is there something that you haven't talked about that you really want to talk about? And Parkinson's is pretty high up on that list. Um, Specifically with Michael J. Fox, but we'll settle for Larry. We can settle for Larry for today. <laughs> sure, like the sure. Michael is, you know. J. Fox of radio There we go. Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you are, radio is your world. It is. I've been in radio for 27 years and I was on the air for over a decade and then I went into management and I was uh, for the States originally. So I started in Columbus, Ohio and then like all great radio people, you travel all across the country. So yeah. I was in Philadelphia, and then I was in L.A., and I was back in Columbus, and then in Connecticut, and Seattle. And so I've been been everywhere, and now, ever, now I'm you, in Vancouver. Do you ever find yourself in like a really, really, really small town? Like we we um, we did a, an interview with Anna Maria Tremonti on CBC um, in the fall, and... And she was like, oh, yeah, I used to work in Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. And you're like, really? And now yeah. you're here? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever find yourself in some crazy small town? Uh, well, I grew up in Columbus, so that's where I started. So oh, okay. Dayton is probably the smallest town I worked in, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Is that a big race car place? Uh, is that a thing? No, you're thinking of the Daytona oh, 500. Daytona. Yeah, no, this, this <laughs> is uh, like the Wright brothers who invented flight. Ah, yeah, so, I've heard of them. Yeah, Wright-Patterson <laughs> Air Force Base is there. It's, okay, yeah. So, so, but so now today you're, 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 you, well, what's your, what is your role today? In, so I'm the radio? program director of two radio stations here in Vancouver, a news talk station and a all traffic station. It's just all traffic information all the Exciting. time. And then I'm the manager of talk and talent for chorus. So I, I basically coach all the talent on radio and TV. Okay. Coach. If, yeah. if you feel that's like, fun. Uh, oh, like yeah. throwing out some tips or any like tricks for us <laughs> in the middle of this. Hey, that's like, the after drink. You know what? It would actually be kind of funny if you just threw it out right in the middle of the recording. Like, by the way, guys, don't do that. Bad question. And this sharpen that up a little bit. Um, So, so how old are you, Larry? I'm 46. 46. And uh, how long have you? I don't even know if this is a question to ask someone with Parkinson's. How long have you had Parkinson's? That's a good question to ask. Uh, I ask my neurologist that a lot. Um, I've been diagnosed since last August. Officially, okay. okay. Uh, but I've probably had it for 
eight to 10 years. Whoa, Whoa really? That's crazy. And they say once the symptoms progress where they're phys- visible, then you've lost eight to 10% of your brain. Whoa. Oh, shit. So, right so think about bat. how smart I must Whoa, have been. Yeah. <laughs> you're going into an area where immediately I'm like, no, had no clue about that. So you're losing, you're losing brain, Bra- brain cells. Whoa. Holy yeah, fuck. so okay. they're shutting down. So the neuropaths are getting blocked. The brain cells are dying. And so then that's why they tell you to exercise because they want to regregenerate different connectivity through your brain cells. Yeah, right. right. So oh, and like, shit, like our listeners can't obviously can't see you right now. But like, I mean, at first glance, it there's not like I just anything, look like a fat guy. You just look like <laughs> you just look like a like with a normal the, human with being the, with the best groom goatee I've ever oh, seen in my you. life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, well, but, it's, I think you're, yeah, you're on something there, Brian, so, which is, well, you, there's no, like, there's no, not necessarily any visible symptoms when we're sitting down like this, but when we, when we walked in here, there's a little bit of like, uh, like a, there's a, a drag in my foot. Gate. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah gate, a little, little affected. And that's been with me for probably eight years, but I didn't know what it was. My, my wife and I just thought I was overweight. Right. Or she'd be like, can you pick up your feet? and right. You're shuffling. It, it, Larry, you're shuffling. Well, she, was, she wasn't harping. <laughs> yeah. I got to make yeah, that clear. Larry. Yeah, Larry. Jesus, guys. Why, why, why does his wife oh, have to sound like that? <laughs> your yeah. wife, not your mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so uh, it's we, probably more... Larry, you're shuffling. <laughs> no, she, and I, she's like, she used, she was from England and she lived, she's lived here for like so long that the yeah, accent's just slightly right. gone. Yeah. No, so we've been married a long time. We've been married 19 years. And so after 10 years of marriage, you, you just friends, you know? Yeah. And she's like, what's like, just looking back, like we'd be walking through the park and I'm like, she's like, we're trying to have a quiet walk in the park. Like, oh, yeah, right, right. Like dragging ground. <laughs> what was going through your mind? Was it that I'm, I, I'm I overweight? Thought, I thought or? I was overweight. I, I'm, you know, exercise and I have been, you know, frenemies for a long time. Sure. And, uh, as you can tell, it's not something that I regularly do uh, and haven't for a long time. And so I just figured I was fat. Yeah. Right. Uh, was, was it painful to have that? It wasn't, but it, but that's what sent me to the doctor. You know, I guess about two years ago was like I, I had pain in my foot and my leg. It was it'd stay for a couple of days and it'd go away. And 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 then one day I, I was reaching to give, I have an eight year old son and I was reaching to give him a glass of water. When I re- extend this arm, it shakes. Now uh, my right arm. People can't see this right now, but you are extending your right arm towards me, and it is shaking. You're not. I'm not. I'm on. not doing that. So I was wow. handing him a glass of water. No, you are. <laughs> it's shaking. You know, uh, I'm not forcing it. Oh, okay. It. Yeah, You're not forcing yeah, yeah. it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so he's like, Dad, why, why is your hand shaking? I'm like, I, I don't know. And so that's when I said, I, I got to go to the doctor. Wow. Okay. So now, now the hand, the handshake <clears throat> extend reach to your son, uh, to to the Larry shuffling through the park. How much time was in between, you know, the start of the shuffle to the... Seven the, years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was, so that was, and I, so I'm assuming that once you had that handshake and reached out, diagnosis came very soon after. Well, they, they thought at first it was MS. Okay. So I went to a neurologist for MS and they're like, hey, good news, you don't have MS, but I think you have Parkinson's. So then I had to wait another six months to go see the Parkinson neurologist. And I really don't know the difference between MS and Parkinson's. Real simple. And I, somebody people are going, oh, no, it's more than that. But the way they explained it to me, because I thought I was getting weaker on my right side. And so they did all these tests. And what they found was I'm slower on my right side than my left. And if I had MS, it would be weaker. Right. Okay. And so if they were, okay, and I know this is just like a silly question, but if you wanted to have one of them, which one would you want to have? You want to have Parkinson's. Okay. 
I yeah. thought I thought that that was the answer, but How? then I but then there's a lot that I don't know about. Why Parkinson's, why so. do you why is that your answer? Because <clears throat> uh, that's what the neurologist told me, so I trust him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. But like sure. they did these crazy tests, and this is going to be visual, but I'll talk you through it. So if you take your forefinger and your thumb and you put them together like that, can you guys do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, trying you, to squish them. Pretty easy. Now do it with your other hand. So when I do it with this hand, I have to really concentrate, and I can barely get them together, and it takes. And that's a the, lot of effort. And that's, that's the, the neuro f- pathways. You wow. just don't have I, them anymore. Right. So when, or, they're, when you, or they're deteriorating. And just to describe that for everyone who, who's, who's listening is it looked like, you know when you take two magnets and, and you mm. try to put them together and there's that like invisible force that's making it almost yeah. impossible for them to come What's together? What's happening there, Jeremy, in between those magnets? <laughs> <laughs> Magic, obviously. Magic. <laughs> um, uh, that's kind of what it looked like. Wait, was that like the, is that you doing that as fast as you can? Yeah. Holy and, shit. And that scared the shit out of me. No doubt. Because like, you don't do that in normal life. No. Like, there's no reason to do that. So like when, I, when he like, had me do that test, I'm like, like I'm oh fucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So, wait, wow. but when you, you said initially that um, once there's visible symptoms that 8 to 10% of your, your brain cells have died, was that then because you said the gate happened like seven years earlier, were, were you already at that point? Well, let's, at the let, let's hope not. I don't know. That's the scary part is you don't know the progression of the mm-hmm. disease and everybody progresses differently. Wow. Okay. So maybe, uh, I don't know. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my, my knowledge or my experience with Parkinson's is I grew up uh, and my knowledge was not so much Michael J. Fox first, but Muhammad Ali. Sure. It was like, hey, Muhammad Ali has Parkinson's and that was what I knew right. about Parkinson's. And I saw him, whatever, give a speech or whatever. And I saw the way that he moved and everything. And I remember actually being really scared. I, I, I would, um, I, when I was probably, man, maybe 10 years old, I remember holding my hand out and being, trying to be as steady as possible and seeing a little shake and being like, holy shit, maybe I have Parkinson's disease. And yeah. there was a period where I actually was, I mean, as, as just like, you know, an ignorant child thought that I did. And I was like, what does it mean? Do I think I have it? Can I have it at this young? Like, like, will can, I get it later? Can I box really well maybe now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. I have an extraordinary boxing talent. Yeah. Um, but that was what I knew about Parkinson's. And I really didn't know anything else other than shaking. That's all I associated right. with it. And I don't know. I really don't know anything else about it. So real quick, I met a, a woman at a fundraiser uh, last week. She's 25. She was diagnosed when she was 21. And she'd had symptoms since she was 12. So it, Whoa. Yeah. you can get it really You can young. get it when you're really young. And that would be it, early is, onset or like super early super, onset. Yeah, it's super, super early onset, I guess. Yeah. I Whoa. Now, yeah. now for, they call it super duper. Uh, yeah. With your age and, and the, you know, the, the diagnosis that you've gotten, is that sort of the... The um, the average sort of age. No, so that people this is still early onset. <laughs> that's so that's what I, one in five or under fifty. Okay, yeah, and that's early onset. Yeah, because when you said forty, as I was like, man, that that sounds so young for. Yeah, it feels like an old person's Parkinson's. disease. But it does. It's, yeah. it's not. But then again, like, how old was Michael J. Fox? He was twenty eight. Whoa, oh, really? shit. So yeah. he was like, it was like early, early. Yeah. He, yeah. Was Muhammad, getting, he was getting close to super duper. Muhammad yeah. Ali must have been pretty <clears throat> early too now. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, no, he was probably in his 40s, maybe 50s. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he was getting up there. But still early on set. But yeah, but like he also had a lot of blows to the head, so you're not sure what triggered. That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is there any. Go ahead, Jerry. No, no, no. no. Is there any. Um, and now, <laughs> is Parkinson's, to your knowledge, is it is it is this a genetic thing? Are you. Or were you destined to have Parkinson's? No ish. 
so I've, I've talked to some uh, some scientists who are researchers in this field, and one of them that I talked to said it's 100% um, uh, hereditary, but it can skip like four or five generations. Right. <laughs> and it's got to come from both your mom and dad's side simultaneous. Okay. So they both have to have the gene. Right. But it can it can date back to before you, you, yeah. you're aware. But I mean, that's one scientist. Because sort of yeah. like But they say the... there's like maybe 500 different uh, mutated cells that could possibly be, you know, the cause. Yeah. Man, how genes. smart are people? And, and they're, they're, they're actually, they're, they're tracking these genes around the world. And they'll find a family in Italy that has the gene and a family in Zimbabwe and a family in Calgary. And, the, oh, that's the same gene. So we'll put that as one of the possible genes for Parkinson's. Oh, oh my God. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What? So they're hunting genes in individual families around the world. Like they're are like they're looking for the like Parkinson's. ground zero gene one yeah. kind of thing. Well, th- of like the particular yeah. So they think they they found fifty of them, and they think Holy there's probably five hundred. Whoa, dude! How? How? That's how? smarts. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so uh, I'm with I'm with you, Tay, in that my understanding of Parkinson's is like shaky. Uh, <laughs> well. Dude. Guys, I didn't know. I that's, I wasn't going for that. <laughs> no, you meant not that you're not that your understanding. My was understanding of Parkinson's, shaky. Shaky, of Parkinson's was, is shaky. Is the is like is what I sure. is what I think of. Is like <laughs> fuck sakes. So shake, <laughs> shakiness and and you know that instability. Oh, oh okay, I get yeah. what you mean. Well, fuck off, Taylor. <laughs> and so so that's what I. That's all I really knew about Parkinson's. Um, and all of this stuff is like really kind of blowing my mind. Is there – what's the deal with, like, how far we've come with, with Parkinson's? Um, or do you know? Well, like, I, I, I'm so new to this. I'm, I'm just absorbing all of this as I, of course. as fast as I can. Of course. But, but what I can tell you, though, is we've come a long way, but we're kind of where cancer was in the 80s. So if you think about when people talked about cancer, they have cancer. It wasn't bladder cancer. It wasn't liver cancer. It wasn't lung cancer. You just had cancer. Yeah. Right now, you have Parkinson's. But right. there's probably 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 different kinds of – well, actually, everybody's Parkinson's is different. Right. So, so they're not looking for a cure for Parkinson's. They're looking for a cure for everybody's individual Parkinson's. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. It was, it's, and it's kind of like cystic fibrosis, right. right? Like there's there's so many different genetic mutations of cystic fibrosis, and that's you know, and, and same thing. Same with and, cancer. And it's, they have like a quasi cure for a certain type of right. CF. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't say quasi cure, dude. That pisses people off so. Quasi cure just seems like not a cure. Yeah, it's, a, it's something that it isn't a cure. It, it's, I sh- I'm using cure because I know. Ba- I know. Because if you take it at a, if you take it at a young age, it will stop the progression of your CF. It can. More it or can less. more oh, or, the, or less. Like the part, it, it can, the part that will kill you. It can really heavily affect the progression in a positive way, but it doesn't like it doesn't halt it. You so know, it's not like quasi. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The thing, if you wanted to add to that, because I was going to move on with. Something I, I was going to actually answer yeah. the question about shakiness because yeah. it's come up a couple of times and everybody yeah. knows about shaky, but yeah. there there are like twenty or thirty different symptoms that come with this. Yeah, yeah. Fill me in on that. Yeah. So that, that's but, like I want to know the, the I want to know the meat of of this this disorder. So uh, everybody's dealt like five or seven or ten different symptoms. Mm-hmm. So my that's why everybody's Parkinson's is so different. Right. So I've got the gait issues. I've got the shaky hand. Uh, I've lost my sense of smell. Oh no! Whoa. 
Yeah. Oh no, you're like Dewey Cox. Well, actually, that's good that Taylor's <laughs> in the room then right now yeah. because you're not you're not you're not missing out on the stench of him. So, but I, I love food yeah. and wine. I was I was out wine tasting the other weekend and I like started sniffing. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and are, we, are we talking like a full full ninety seven percent? Okay, sure. You're never gonna make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's which affects your taste buds. And <laughs> yeah, everything it's gonna so all that I'm stuff, over salting yeah. things now, so now I have high blood pressure. So that sucks. Sure. Because oh, you're like, I just can't taste it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, well, like for, for sushi, you, you know, they give you the daub of uh, the wasabi. Yeah. I, mean, I used to use a little bit of that. Like, I'll use the whole thing now. Oh, I'm with you, man. I love it. Like, can I get four that. servings yeah. of wasabi, please? Yeah. Like, sir, you're just eating the wasabi. You can't <laughs> fill up on the wasabi only. Yeah, just just eating the sushi, but taking the wasabi and <laughs> snorting oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I got it. I got <laughs> it back. We don't need that. Uh, and, then, and then things like typing, like, uh, because my left hand is faster than my right hand. Trying to keep up with the thought process, I, I'm now typing most of my, mostly with my left hand across mm-hmm. the whole keyboard. Oh, what a trip! Right, it's like your brain's working just as quick. You're ready to t- hit those words. But the I left hand's like, I'm you like, know, okay, you, you can do to return right hand, but that's I'm just going to leave you there. Right? Then, did you did if, you write with your right hand too? Uh, oh yeah. So now my writing is horrible. Like it's of really course. tiny. Yeah. Um, do you, oh, so you still you didn't you weren't like I'm going to force my left hand to learn. Uh, I've taught my left hand how to shave. How to eat? Uh, throw the frisbee with my son because I was a—you'd throw right-handed, but it'd fly in all the different directions because mm-hmm. I couldn't communicate yeah. my brain yeah. to release on time to go straight. Yeah. So I had to relearn how to throw and catch with my left. Wow. What else? What are what are some other symptoms that you? Well, I mean, notice? cognitive issues. Uh, so there's times where forgetfulness, or, or a lot of people have more extreme cognitive issues, short, especially short-term memory as it as it progresses. Um, and then, uh, the, um, my voice. So I actually stopped being on the air a lot, uh, on the radio because I couldn't do a full shift anymore because it would, my voice would fade. And so a lot of people, Parkinson's steal, physically steals most Parkinson's patients' voice. Mm. No way. Which is why I'm, I want I'm so eager to talk about it now while I still have a voice. Yeah. Because... I, I want my story to be out there, and I want more people with Parkinson's to tell their stories, why they still can, because yeah. if we don't, the, the, it doesn't kill us. Parkinson's isn't a deadly disease, so we're not going to raise funds for research and stuff unless we start act, being activists. So that was something else that you just said that I didn't know, was that Parkinson's is not considered a a de- degeneratively fatal disease? No, it's degenerative, and yeah. it'll cause things yeah. that could kill you, but it, Parkinson's itself it's won't kill you. It's not going to be the you. thing that kills no. you. Wow. So, oh, wow, wow. I, I, and I, I just want, I kind of want to touch on how, how, uh, just how like powerful and, and simultaneously heartbreaking and beautiful it is that you, you've spent, uh, so much of your career in, in the world of radio, the world of audio, uh, the world of like, you know, storytelling through, through voice uh, and yet you're slowly having that, that ripped away from you and to have the foresight of going, well, f- fuck, if that's the case, then uh, I need to act now and, and do as much as I can to, to make a difference in, in terms of the world of, of Parkinson's awareness. Um, yeah, it, I, I scares, think it scares a, the hell out of me. It, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there, there are days where I can't find the right word or I can't, I can't, uh, you, you, you You've heard about freezing, like mm. the, the gate, mm-hmm. but I, I get freezing with my voice or I'll get freezing when I'm eating where I just can't like move my arm to cut meat. And 
and not knowing, like this morning I woke up, it's swallowing is a big issue for people with Parkinson's mm. because that's an automatic thing that your brain does. Mm-hmm. Communi- your brain communicates with your throat, you swallow now. I, I was just talking and I, you just swallow while you're talking sometimes. It didn't, didn't happen and I started choking this morning. Mm. I mean, that's a, that's a real issue. They've cho- they have swallowing classes and they have vo- voice classes and... Is there a is there a, specific is there a, for Parkinson's? For Parkinson's, oh, yeah. wow. Is there a wow. part where there where there's like if you do these things, you can, you might be able to like, I don't, I don't know, grow that neuropathway back at all? Like, is well, there, there's theories for that. Yeah, I mean, for you can remap your brain. There's a lot of yeah. science on that. So you you can find different pathways, but you're never going to get those brain cells back. Right. What, what was your like? You just said it scares the hell out of me. What was your reaction? That's you get told this news. What are you thinking? I'm thinking about my wife and my son. My son's eight years old, and uh, we've got a lot of time left for him in the house, and it's hard for him to understand what's going on. And yeah. uh, I've been married for a while, and I don't, I don't want to become, I, I, you know, I still want a wife. I don't want a caretaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and not knowing how it's going to progress, how much time you have, like, I, I don't know from day to day if I wake up with a new pain or something, if that's a pain for the today or if it's a pain for the rest of my life. Right. If that's like the, the late forties pain or the, mm-hmm. or the Parkinson's <laughs> pain. Right. Know, yeah. And so, and, and because nobody can tell me how this is going to progress, I don't know how much time I have left with them to travel, to, you know, to it, teach them how to play guitar or what, whatever I, we want to do. So I guess that's where my brain went is... You know, shit. What? Yeah. How, what? You kind of want to live life quick. How, how long ago were you diagnosed? Uh, it's last August. So okay. So so nine not, months ago. Not quite a year. <laughs> in in that diagnosis and having some space from that initial reaction of like, oh shit, how much time do I have left? Uh, are you? Have you seen a shift in terms of of how you are viewing the day to day? You know, like sort of taking those, taking that information, taking that that hourglass that's been now flipped and and using it. You know, what's interesting is, you know, my instinct was to speed things up and now I'm slowing everything down. I'm, I'm enjoying everything more. I'm, Mm. uh, you know, because of my walk, I, I, you know, I used to be frustrated and try to walk through it. Yeah. Walk through, like try to go faster then it would make me trip more yeah so now i just I, I live at my my new pace so i had to recalibrate the pace of which i live life how you know where my attention goes i'm off email at home most of the time now like i'm just trying to live in the moment yeah mm-hmm. reading a lot of tiknak han and trying. yeah right i don't know if you guys remember me saying this i think it was it was yesterday at some time where i was talking about a lot of people that that get told that they have a disease, they they have to reinvent themselves in a way. And that came from a piece that I really, really loved um, from a guy named Davis Finney. Are you familiar with Davis Finney at all? I'm not. He's a, uh, he was a, he was like a huge American pro cyclist in the seventies or eighties. And he has, he has Parkinson's. Oh, Taylor's and, dad. Um, Taylor Finney's dad. Yeah. And uh, he talks a shitload about, like mindfulness and med- like that, like this massive meditative state mm-hmm. that he has adopted since his diagnosis, because he's, I mean, he comes from a he he came from a, a life of of extreme athleticism where and he was a sprinter in cycling, which is like one of the most insane disciplines and in, in 
going from a thousand miles an hour to going now I, this is how I move. This is you know, his speech is very affected and like you know the the he talks about how the mundane activities of life, washing the dishes, going for a walk, yeah. become this totally different experience and how he gets so immersed in the moment because that's where the beauty is for him now because he's reinvented himself. And there was just so much I was so, uh, very taken with his his take on life since his diagnosis. And when you just said that, I was like, boom, just catapulted back to this uh, this video that I saw him do. Um, so you're finding that that kind of is it like a mindfulness practice for you? Certainly, absolutely. And uh, you know, my wife and I are both into that, and so yeah. it's and we're teaching our son how to be more more mindful and live live in the moment and mm-hmm. enjoy whatever is sent your way and. You know, for for me, everything I do is a probably a hundred percent more effortful than it was before my diagnosis. Just just to wash a dish and to hold on to it and not let it break, and they break, and then you laugh about it. Like mm-hmm. we, you, you have to mm-hmm. use humor, yeah. or or you because know, if you got mad every you time cry. you dropped the dish, then well, and then I you... I am much more uh, quick to anger and much more quick to scare like my i find like i, I can be get scared really easily now. like it's almost like, like spooked a, like, like spooked like someone like, comes around the corner you're like jesus like christ I, like it just, it just kind of freaks thing? me out like oh wow yeah I, I, I'm, that's interesting yeah, a little bit slower than that chair but jesus christ like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, thanks for slowing it down but, to 25 percent speed and this is this is what i was really curious in because we started off talking a lot about like the three of us come from uh, almost no knowledge a place of no knowledge of parkinson's and like a lot of our initial questions are like well what about this like what do you experience this what is this like and and but what i'm really curious in is is more of that the emotional side of that because um you mentioned that everybody's experience is is different in dealing with it and like in your particular instance you're you're like you know in charge of this like this bit you have this big job at a radio company where you're overseeing a lot of different projects and you have this like um you know job where you're in your 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 mid 40s and and you have the a lot of responsibilities so how do you how do you tell your colleagues and and go to your place of employment and and tell them that you have something that is degenerative like this it's it's hard um, I think everybody needs to do it if they have it, but it's hard because you don't know the reaction and you're scared. For me, I told, I guess it was, I told my boss first, uh, not soon after I was, not too far after I was diagnosed and took him out for a beer It just said, hey, something I got to tell you. Uh, and I don't know what it means, what it's going to look like. And, and, uh, he was so supportive and everybody that's above me in this company has been so supportive in everything I'm doing. And they're like, if you need time away, if you need us to buy special equipment, like voice recognition software, whatever you need, Mm. ask us, uh, which is, is the response you want, but is also, you know, from an emotional standpoint, it's like, wow, you know, I'm, 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 I'm valued and you don't know until you're, it's put to the test. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the um, fear is probably that it's the reverse of that. Or maybe that you get some fluff answer, but it's really like, well, like maybe Larry won't be able to do his job anymore. So maybe we should replace Larry. Yeah. Like, is that a thought that goes through your mind? Well, sure. And as, and as time goes on, like, I don't know how fast my 
I'm going to degenerate. And and yeah. the other thing is like you said, it's not it's not likely not going to take your life anytime soon. So I mean, you have a full life to still live, right. and you need to financially be able to support your family and. Like I can imagine that that's probably that weighs on me a lot. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. I, I think a question that's kind of riding on on a lot of listeners' minds is coming back to when, when you took your boss out for that beer. Um, did he feel bad for you and buy you the beer? Yes, actually. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. sweet. I mean, there's there's a lot of compassion. How great is that? Right? It's awesome. Yeah, I, know. I, I always pull out the. PD card now. Yeah. Like, oh, and you're like, I'm Parkinson's. just going to do this one at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you get, every like, how many people work here? That's it. You could at least get like 20, 30 beers that week. You could literally <laughs> just, for you could just, you could just line up like, like half hour increments where you meet with one person at a time yeah. and yeah. go, I'm you just going to buy it. Let's get yeah, it. And like line up for craft beer fest. So you, you're just, you guys like, have this whole planned out. Down. You yeah, could probably exactly. do two beers every half hour too. Yeah. So yeah. you could do, you could do 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So minutes. by the end of the day, that's how many beers. Is, okay. And the alcohol <laughs> doesn't really hurt me with my medications. So that's yeah. great. Oh, that's wonderful. Hey, that's it. That's something I'm, uh, that's I find interesting is the medication thing. Like, how do you how do you um, how do you manage uh, Parkinson's, or, or what are the things that they're doing to try to? Well, there's there's it? like one main drug that is sort of the the go to. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, levodopa carbidopa. Which that is not the name of a drug. That is a that is that's a child's like a, a lebidopa carbido. It's that no, that's, a, yeah. dude, that's a spell from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, so yeah it's yeah. actually Lebidopa two drugs in one pill. Okay, and the carbidopa is only in there so you don't like puke. Okay, so the lebidopa is is basically <laughs> synthetic synthetic dopamine. Whoa! Whoa. So because oh, you, you you're not producing dopamine in your brain anymore, which is why the brain cells die. Okay. Oh, trippy! And so when you ask your hand to do something, it's the dopamine that is the connective juices that tells your hand to move. And if you don't have that, then you can't. Tell did, it. did you say the carbidopa is to is anti nausea? Yeah. And because uh, just like getting blasts of lebidopa is is. Is nausea yeah, and, some, and and depending on your mix, I mean, they have to like sort of find the right mix for each individual. Like usually, you know, most people can do like one twenty. I forget what it is, one fifty over twenty five or whatever. So yeah. one fifty levodopa over twenty five carbidopa. But some people need the 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 fifty car the carbidopa to counteract. Sure, it. right. I can't stop thinking about how levodopa carbidopa sounds like some sort of like something from like the Teletubbies. S- no, and I was thinking like a like a like a. Uh, Czechoslovakian uh, like fairy tale character, <laughs> you know, like a witch that has le- that lives in it that is part like cabin, part chicken. Who's that? Uh, Baba Yaba, Lebedopa, Carbadopa, Baba Yaba, come and get you. You mean the Baba Duke? Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Do you, does, with the dopamine thing, yeah. Are you now? Is that like what? What's is that affecting your mood, your sleep? Like, what's the lack of dopamine production doing to you? So, like, if you take away the Parkinson's. Like those 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 side effects. I mean, there's got to be just direct effects to not producing dopamine. Oh, sure. Well, it, it affects the way you can move because it because it controls it your controls movement. the movement. Okay, uh, and then it it does impact sleep. It can impact yeah. any any automatic function you have. So bladder control, sex, you know, all, all those things are impacted by not having. The dopamine. Did your libido like just kind of dr- like yeah. did, like drop? And is that something that that happened? Or like yeah, is that, was that like a oh that well that actually my fucking libido dropped like ten years ago like maybe an early onset kind of thing or yeah it's probably been fading yeah sure mm-hmm. yeah 
Interesting. It, I, it's There's really- also another drug uh, that I was on because, like, if you if you take levodopa to, carbidopa too long, the 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 side effects is dyskinesia, which is what you see Michael J. Fox where he's got the rolling shoulders. Oh. That's not Parkinson's. That's the oh. drug. Oh my god! That's okay. called dyskinesia. Oh, right. so when he's because I remember, I remember watching. <laughs> um, Spin City. I was a big Spin City fan. I don't know if you guys watched that. Never watched Um, it. Michael J. Fox, City Hall sitcom. Um, And and always being like in the later years of the show going, you can kind of see how he deals with his Parkinson's on set more. Like just in the way that his character develops and the way that his character moves to – to make up for, to compensate for, which is fascinating as an actor. Yeah, like, because he's literally that, yeah. working with his disease yeah. as an actor, which yeah, fascinating. And he had a lot of that with with the yeah. shoulder. I mean, that's a that's a trademark Michael J. Fox, right? But that's called dyskinesia. So they gave me a drug called amantadine, which they said over time will build up and hopefully hold off the dyskinesia. Well, in the meantime, it gave me hallucinations. Whoa. So, what kind of hallucinations? So, like, I'd be in my office here at the radio station. I'd see spiders crawling on the wall. Or I'd see do- oh. dogs walking up down the hall. And Wait, like, <laughs> whoa. So, like, full-on. Full-on hallucinations. Hallucin- yeah, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And, so and, they took me off that, which and, is good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that is really good. Like, you see the spider crawling up the wall. Are you thinking, oh. <laughs> uh, I had to look at it, like, three a, times. Right. Like, go, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Am I really seeing that? Yeah. Wow, man, what a what a trip. Yeah. Your producer, Nikki, would come in and be like, uh, Larry, there's a fucking spider on the wall. Why aren't you doing <laughs> anything? There's spiders it. all over this place. What's, What's going on? Going on? Yeah. It's bring your dog to work day. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I thought I was hallucinating. <laughs> Do they give you any? Are you on the levodopa carbidopa now? Yeah, so I take that uh, so five times a day. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Okay. And I do a double dose at night with a time release. And, so okay. it help me sleep. So are they giving you anything else aside? Like, you know, did they replace that that hallucinogenic uh, drug? To, no, they're no. Just, there's not really much else they can. Okay. So the what, what did you call it again? The Dyskinesia. Dyskinesia. Is that something that is, is kind of inevitable at this point now because of the the levodopa? Not everybody gets dyskinesia, but hmm. usually it happens to people with young onset. Right, okay. Because they're on the drug longer than most. And so that's that kind of like tw- like more twitchy Twitch, yeah. movement. Shoulder rolls. So how good did it feel to, uh, when they told you that you had young onset, how good did it feel that they told you you were young? Yeah, that was awesome. That was sweet, yeah, eh? Yeah, it's like, that's all so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm interested in that in that moment when you, you find out. I know that we, we touched on it, but um, was your wife there with you when you found out? She went to the appointment with the neurologist for Parkinson's, but not for the um, uh, MS. Okay. Which I don't, I forget, she may have been out of town or whatever. Um, but like, I wasn't putting that much gravitas on the moment. So I, I like, it's hard. When they say you might have MS, you're like, yeah, whatever. Right. It's like, well, we'll go here and we'll figure this out. Yeah. And then they said, I, I said, Oh, I don't have MS. And they're like, well, you might have Parkinson's. I'm like, shit, I didn't even thought of that. Like, and what does that mean? Because I didn't know. I was like, yeah. I thought, like, how much time do I have left? And then I, so I called her from the parking lot after that appointment. I was like, uh, I might have Parkinson's. And when I said it out loud, I, like, I started crying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, because I'm, I'm guessing you didn't know. You, you, at that point, you didn't really know much about Parkinson's. I, I knew. Muhammad Ali and Michael J. Fox. That's right. And there's like a, there's a there's this for, and now for Neil, whatever reason. Neil Diamond there, now. There's this oh, okay. oh really? Oh, really? Didn't know. There's this weight to that word. 
right? There is this like, there is this, there is this. And what is that? Is that because we don't know? Like, I think it's because we don't know, but we know these two super prominent figures that have it. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's fun. It's interesting that it's like, that it's like you said, it's, uh, it's where cancer was in the eighties because I feel like in the public eye, like you'd be hard pressed to ask a person if they don't know, if they don't know what Parkinson's is. And when I say that, I mean, in the, in the most basic sense yeah, of the word. Yeah, they're aware of they're they, aware, they're aware of Michael that J. Fox and yeah. Muhammad exactly. Ali. <laughs> exactly. But like me, they are most likely going, oh, that's the disease where you start to shake. Right. That's right. And that's what everybody knows. Yeah. And but like also, beyond that. And you don't have to shake to have Parkinson's. Right. Right. Exactly. So there's like, people that. that don't shake, they don't tremor, they don't but they they're losing the brain function and they got right. they have five different symptoms that you can't see mm-hmm. and they're suffering in silence. I think that sadness and so, fear of it though is 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 the fact that like we know that Muhammad Ali and Michael Michael J Fox are p- two people who have it but also are unable to like do the things that they love and are great at and known for because of the disease too like you know like I know that Muhammad Ali wasn't fighting but like he could no longer do that because it inhibited his, his ability to move that way, you yeah. know, and and same with Michael J. Fox. So we know that it takes away people's passions from them. So yeah. I think that is enough. And like from from Larry's story and the experience that we're learning about right now, like we are learning that it's taking away your love and your passion for 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 life and what you do. So I think it is shitty and pretty fucking emotionally difficult to deal with being diagnosed with that, even if. You don't know, like, all of the ins and outs of it. But that, that is what I'm saying, is that mm. by not knowing adds this sense of gloom right. and doom to it because it's, it's so unknown. It's so, it's, there, there is so much unknown to, for, for, the, for the yeah. most people, I feel like. You're much more scared of what you don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and, and also, and this is something that I, I was kind of curious to talk, dive into to with you, is, is that... I'm assuming that when you found out, um, you, what your knowledge of Parkinson's was, was this like degenerative um, and very visible illness yeah. you know, of, of the shaking of the body. Um, it, and I, I didn't realize that some people don't show the, the visible um, symptoms of Parkinson's, but knowing that you do and you are, you are beginning to and that's becoming more and more prevalent – um, what does that feel like knowing that you're going to go from this human who was once living with no disease to once living with an invisible illness that is slowly progressing into a very visible illness? It's frightening um, because uh, you know, I, I've met a lot of people with Parkinson's since I've been diagnosed. And I was with a guy um, last weekend who was diagnosed 19 years ago. And he was 49 years old when he was diagnosed. So it's a very similar story. He had a 12-year-old daughter. So we were comparing notes, and I was trying to figure out, like, what was his path like? Because you kind of want to know something, like, mm-hmm. even though my path won't be the same. And he was able to, to work for, like, 10 more years, and then it just got too too much. And so he had to back away from his job. And and, and so that gets me thinking. And, and then, like, physic, for people to physically see me moving uncontrollably is scary. I mean, that's, that's how I started to tell my staff because I started to show symptoms and they started to notice. Yeah. Whether it was my walk 
or whether uh, there was a moment where if I get super emotional, I tremor more. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or shake more. And so I, w- I was shaking really quite, quite, quite aggressively. And um, so I pulled some of the staff that was there into the room. I said, hey, you should probably know. But then I didn't tell all my staff until I told. So I went on TV and shared my story on World Parkinson's Day. Oh, wow. Now, how was that liberating? Yeah, scary. Yeah. But but the response back has been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, because uh, so supportive, uh, the, and the Parkinson's community has been great. But just like people like hey, my aunt has it, my mom has it, my brother has it, and you know, everybody can relate to it. And the, to see somebody talking about it, because you don't see people talking about it a lot. You see Michael J. Fox out there, yeah. and there's not a lot of other people that are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, it's been it's been great, and I've, I've I've even connected with people with other diseases. So I was on on the uh, radio talking about. Uh, how my dad died of um, a degenerative z- disease called um, myelofibrosis, which basically solidifies your bone marrow from the inside out. Whoa. And shuts down all your organs. Whoa. Fuck. It's a horrible disease. You should do an episode. Myelofibrosis. Yeah. Holy shit. So I'm on the air with Charles Adler across <laughs> the country talking about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, a guy in Calgary hears it. He listens to it like three times and he emails me. He goes, I've, I've had myelofibrosis for five years and I've never heard anybody say it out loud except for my doctor. And so, wow. so we connected and he asked us all sorts of questions about what he can expect for end of life. Yeah. Because you only yeah. get like five years. Right. Whoa, really? Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And so, so my mom was in town. So we, I asked her all the questions that he had on a, like a tape recorder and we sent or on, a, on my iPhone and I sent him the file mm. so he could hear us talking about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into that, right? Like knowing that you have something that progresses so quickly that it's going to take your life. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of planning, right? Yeah. And like end of life planning and stuff like that, which which makes me wonder about your situation. Um, like how much advanced click care planning are are you doing now or is that something that you think about it's we, we're in the think about it stage yeah. we, sh- we probably should get our act together <laughs> well, <laughs> but I it's mean, also you, there's you denial only, you only can really think about yeah. it too i mean there, i mean there's some things i guess you could you could do but like what, what are somebody some gave me great, that, somebody gave me great advice yeah they said you have to determine if you want a wife or a caregiver yeah and you make that decision early on and if it's not going, if your wife's not going to be your caregiver, then you got to you you both need to know that. So when the time comes, you make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And what what's the consensus there between the two of you? Well, like, yeah, uh, she's going to be my wife, and then we'll you'll find we'll find a caregiver. To, yeah, to bring in. Why is that? Why why do they make you, or why why do they recommend that you make that distinction? Because because the caregiving will give a, will take over the relationship. It, it, yeah, it, it, it like, becomes a less it takes a toll on yeah. on a relationship between two people when, you know, it's like you. Who wants who wants their wife to, to suddenly become their mother or their nurse or, or their nurse? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's was it's, that uh, it's tough. It's a lot of work. Was that an easy decision for you? For me, to make? yeah. Always. And and how did how? Did but I never feel? thought about it. Like right. I didn't know to think about it. No, yeah. Well, Where did you get that advice? Who 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 told you that? I wish I remembered. 
Did do you okay? Well, I get a lot of advice these do days. You rem- do you remember <laughs> if it was like uh like you it was know, somebody like who a pal or something or was it no. like a do- was it like a prof- medical professional that was like hey listen think about it, this? I think it was uh, somebody who has Parkinson's. Yeah. Or, right. No, you, you know I remember now. It's a guy whose wife had Parkinson's who died, mm. and he he when she was diagnosed with Parkinson's he became her caregiver, and after a year she fired him. She yeah. goes, so you can no longer be my caregiver because I need my husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> I think right. that there's a, there's a lot to be said for that, um, but also in in the exact same breath, it for some people that might actually really work. Sure, you know, like um, I don't know. I, I I don't know for sure, but I I would I would hazard a guess that if my dad became really sick, my mom would would without a doubt drop everything and 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 very happily take over as caretaker. Your mom's also a nurse. She's a nurse. She's yeah, also the person who took gauze off of your penis, too. So yes. Like she, she, she has an ability to... I feel like I'm walking in. into the, a different episode of the show. At the age of, of 17. It was a very different episode, yeah. <laughs> I was circumcised at 16 or 17, and my mom took care of me. But she's a caretaker. Like, that's her, that's her, that's her role, and that always has been her role. And I feel like she would be... She would take a lot of pride in, in taking on that role for, for her, her husband, if he, if he ended up getting sick. But then again, for other people, it's, it's, it's the, the stress, the thought of the weight of the stress of that is just, is far too overwhelming. Yeah. The, the stress of probably trying to do both. Yeah. I think yeah. because it's, because I feel like you, again, you do, I think you could choose do one or the other, but when you're going into it, <clears throat> trying to do both, that's where the, that's where that, that overwhelming sensation or yeah. overwhelming feeling comes up because you're trying to be the, you're trying to be the, the loving and you're trying to have the relationship that you've had yeah. at this. And at the same time, be the person that's giving the care that you need as a, yeah. at, I mean, yeah, it's a dynamic that is that I, I can't even really wrap my head around. What has, um, <clears throat> what is educating your, your son been like? Pretty cool. Um, so it's, he's eight, so it's like, it's not too advanced, but we, we don't shy about, we're not shy about talking about it in front of him. I give him jobs. So like when we're out and about, he's got to tell me if my arm starts shaking. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, yeah. so he feels like he's included in the disease. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he, he takes the piss out of me quite a bit. So he'll, <laughs> he'll walk into a room dragging his foot or, <laughs> or, or in the morning like when I, when I stretch, it's like I go, my arm shakes really bad. So he'll walk into the room and do the same thing and just <laughs> mock me. So, That's cute. yeah. So we talk to him about like he, he can't jump on me like he used to. Like if I'm having a bad day or if I'm just in a lot of pain or whatever, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll not understand necessarily that we can't wrestle like we used to. Or yeah. I can't stay on the floor and play cars for two hours anymore. I just, it's, it's I, I'm, my body's not just not as limber as it used to be. Even though I I exercise more now and mm. well stretch more. And sure, yeah. Those days that are that like you know we all have good days and bad days. Um, and in, in my my case with cystic fibrosis, like there's there's some days that are I go throughout the day and it's like I don't even really think about my my illness. And then there's some days where I'm like. Jesus Christ! I am I am just fully embodying what it, how shitty it is to live with CF yeah. today. How how often do you have like bad hard days with with your illness? Probably a couple times a month right now. Uh, with the really bad days. What's interesting is like forgetting that you have a disease or feeling like you you're free of the disease. That happened to me uh, early on where I just forgot. So I, I, I don't drive that much anymore because I'm my rea- I'm right-handed and my reaction times are so slow that I, 
I'm scared to. That a lot of people still drive with Parkinson's, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've just made the choice to cut way back. Mm-hmm. But so I was going to the bus stop, and there's the bus, and I'm about a block away, and I see the bus pulling up, and like I do, like anybody would do, I start running. Well, my brain can't tell my right side to keep up with my left, and I just face planted and oh, rolled over. No. I was so pissed. I was yeah. so pissed. Yeah, of course. And, and I'm all bloodied, knuckled, and my shirt's ripped. I'm like, I'm getting on this bus. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm bandaging my knuckles on the bus. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I, that's, that, that's what triggered me to just slow everything down. Yeah. Yeah, like, what, a, what a perfect wake-up call, right? Yeah. Just Just... Like face first. If there's the bus. I'll wait for the next one. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And and when you're talking about the 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 brain, um, like your brain cells, you're, you're you're losing brain cells, um, and that has having this physical effect. I mean, it's a mental it's a mental thing that's then having the physical effect. But are you is is are is there a um, is there a degeneration of your like intellect as well. Like, is there is there a is is there a I I, I can't communicate the same in the same way. Is there a degeneration that way? I'm probably not the best person to answer that because I I think I'm just as smart as I've always been. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean I mean if there's not now, like has have the doctor said that that is a that is that it's more be a symptom? memory like short term memory or or verbal lo- loss of the ability to. To get the words out, or, yeah. or or just loss of vocal, you know, projection, because mm-hmm. it, it gets to become a soft, raspy voice. So they're not like saying you're basically like your intellect is going to start going backwards. Nobody's told me that directly, but you know, you, you can only assume that at some point something's going to. I mean, I mean, I, 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 brain, I, I'm literally right? just I'm just going from the words. To, Brain degenerative. Set, degenerative, yeah, yeah, and brain, and and going. Oh, okay, well, I'm trying to connect the dots, and the, I don't know. I mean, let's, you know, the let's, brain let's talk is such in twenty years and find out. Yeah. yeah, and the brain too is just such a complex thing, right? So it's, I'm sure that there's, you know, that there's parts of your brain that are really aren't going to be affected by by the 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 degeneration of no. your illness, yeah. and they'll just you know remain the same. And but then there's these other parts like the motor skills and the you know the articulation of of words. It's you know the, the brain is just like such an insane complex highway, and you touch one part of it and affect one part of it, and it has it can affect you know ten different things, but everything else on the yeah. other side is just like totally radio totally lab. You, you know what really sucks <clears throat> is I've I'm not able to use my the right pocket of my pants anymore because I can't fit my hand in the pocket. Like you, like what makes it you so that you can't, like it's you just, can't just like, like push it I can't in hard push, enough? I can't, I can't yeah. do that. And so like, but if I'm standing up, I can, but like if I'm sitting down, like there's no there's, way. Yeah. There's something in there. It's in there for good. And, and it, which is like, I was in a taxi once and my wallet was in the right, right oh, pocket. No. And I had to lay down in the back seat. The guy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to have to get out. And he goes, no, you got to pay me. I'm like, no, no. You don't <laughs> understand. Like, Dude, I'm, I'm clearly uh, not going I anywhere have fast. Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to get him to reach into your pants? No, no, I figured it out. But, <laughs> no. I actually pushed it up from the outside. Until no I way. Could, yeah. like, hey, buddy, you want to help me out here? <laughs> Just uh, yeah, one, hand, one hand, one hand, one hand. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. 
Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. As a percentage, how often um, do people say, when you say I have Parkinson's, how often do people say, oh, Michael J. Fox? Oh, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's, it's 90%. like 90% yeah. of the time? Yeah. <laughs> and have you seen in, in the you, episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where him and Larry have the big dispute and no. he, he lives, oh, so dude, he, great. I, the so cult, like he lives above Larry David <laughs> and he, and he's like, he's, he's stomping around upstairs and Larry comes up and Larry thinks that he's, that he's doing it to piss him off. But he's like, I got to wear these boots because of my Parkinson's. And like, <laughs> and it's all this whole, like the whole episode is Michael is, and you're wondering as the watcher going, is, Does Michael J. Fox have Parkinson's? Like, no, no. Or it, is he it, fucking is with Larry he David? intentionally? Yeah. Is he using his Parkinson's <laughs> yeah, yeah. to to mask the way that he's fucking yeah. with Larry David? Yeah. Well, doesn't everybody with a disease use it to their advantage? Man, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. I play the CF card all the time. My wife goes, you know, it's great. not everything's related to Parkinson's. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, well, well, in my world, it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, the other the other thing that pisses me off is that they're like the, the one thing that can sort of control the the advancement of the symptoms is exercise mm-hmm. like fuck it couldn't have been chocolate yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really? give me something to work with here. come on now exercise <laughs> yeah. so I'm, i i'm trying to find my exercise because like i tried biking and i'm you know with the problem with biking is like this leg doesn't work so i got to do all the work with my left side mm-hmm. and then you're just going to run into a bunch of injuries yeah and, and then uh f- now boxing, so they do have boxing for Parkinson's. Where it just, and I tried that out. I really like that. And also, it, probably a great outlet to just like fucking just punch, punch out something. some of that anger, you know, like but get out some of that. It's rage. all big movement stuff. So Tai Chi and swimming yeah. and yeah. like, but they it's all about getting the big movements. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, and they have they have lots of free videos online and stuff, and you just do ex- like stretches and stuff just to get the body warm. Mm. But I've, I've never done a regular exercise, so that, that's, that's been a, like a total lifestyle change, and I'm not even where I need to be. They, they're like, you need to do like a half hour to an hour a day, and I'm like, I got a good 10, 15 minutes in me. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is the tie to exercise again? Well, so what happens is your movements become very small. Mm-hmm. So, be, so your handwriting becomes really small, and like you're, you're shu- you sh- begin to shuffle your feet, and so it just keeps everything open. Okay, you try. It's 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 called neurofit. So it it hopefully is part of remapping your brain and stuff too. And but it's just like forcing you to just stretch everything. Yeah, out. It's like you're right? just channeling those new neural pathways yeah. to connect mm-hmm. in a different way, so that yeah. you don't. I guess completely lose the the ability. And, and to, mindfulness can play a big role in that as well. Yeah. I mean, you need to because you need to think really hard. I mean, take for example a muscle that you never that you never use, like yeah. individually. So, right. for example, if I said I wanted to flex my chest muscle, now it, it, for the average person who never does, who never tries to do that, it's going to be impossible for them to only flex that one muscle. They can do it if they flex all the muscles in their arm and yeah. use this big group of muscles and then their chest will flex. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in, I was 12 or 13 years old and a friend of mine was like, hey, check this out. 
in the dressing room after hockey practice and he's like bounces his pecs up and down and I'm like holy shit that's the coolest thing I've ever seen <clears throat> so I'm like I'm like I want to do that still was get out much. still is still the coolest, 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 coolest thing I've ever seen so I'm like I want to do that you shit yourself <laughs> I shit myself and there was no movement in my chest <clears throat> lots of movement in my butthole and um and so I and so I thought about that for like 3 weeks I would just sit and think about that, about moving that muscle. And eventually, the neuropathway creates itself, and that starts to move exactly like this. Jeremy's moving his eyebrows up and down. He had to, you had to think about that at some point in your life. I train myself to do You this. train yourself to do that. Because years you don't have years. the neuropathway to do it until you think about it. So it's almost like there's a meditative mindfulness quality that, is, that envelopes making a muscle move and making it move. Do you know mm-hmm. that you can make a... a I think it's like a, something like a 50% technical improvement. Um, basically, so if you went and practiced a, a physical movement pattern um, and that was deemed to be 100% effective in, in improving the, the technical aspect of that movement, you can increase that 50% just by thinking about it alone. Why Absolutely. are you guys doing math on, on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Because we know that Jeremy doesn't get it, so basically yeah. Brian and I can speak our own language yeah. and Jeremy doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I just blacked out. Trick. I don't know where the fuck I am right now. <laughs> basically, <laughs> if you spend two hours thinking about something versus one hour, one hour of physically practicing it, you're doing the same amount of improvement work. But if you subtract one quarter hour from that... Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Uh, well, I've got, I've got a couple of, of questions that we like to throw at our guests. Um, uh, it's, it's, a two-parter. it's a two-parter. So the, the first one is, out of everything you've gone through so far, what would you say is the biggest thing that Parkinson's has taken away from you? My certainty. My ability to walk through life feeling like I, I'm in control of myself. And what would you say it's, is the biggest thing that it's given you? Perspective um, and a, a clarity of the now, like just being here mm. and, and, and not getting so caught up in the bullshit of every day. And, you know, when my son says, you want to go play, you know, whenever I can, I say, yeah, let's go. Mm. Where mm. before it was like, oh, well, let me relax here and, yeah. How do you yeah, find your your like your like emotional happiness? It, like if you before learning that you had Parkinson's and and now living with Parkinson's, like where do you where would you put your happiness levels during both of those times? Uh, I was really happy, I guess. I mean, we we, we live a happy life. Uh, I've had good jobs. I've have great son. Good. Good marriage. Um, you, it's interesting about Parkinson's is it it sort of fades your emotions away, like your physical, like facial features and stuff. So like your mm. people can't read you as well. So you become a better poker player, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but join the world tour if you don't. Drop but the but cards. I find I need to force happiness more, or f- be more mindful of being happy, or or. Or you put on, you fake it till you make it some some days. There's more mm-hmm. effort. A lot more effort, mm-hmm. yeah. Not very mm-hmm. many people, a small sliver of the population gain, ever, ever gain that perspective of, of being here now and not getting caught up in the bullshit of the everyday. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does take, I mean, we know this in our experience because we've done hun- 
almost in the hundreds of interviews. Um, and unfortunately, it does take sometimes a, a shit scenario like a disease to gain that perspective. Um, but man, it's uh, it's a good one to have mm-hmm. because it's uh, it is it's a gift. Yeah. I mean, it that's really what, is. That's why, and that's why I was curious. That's why I asked about happiness because. Um, and I know it's not the same thing, but like your your ability, you say that it changed your perspective and it and it allows you now to kind of be more present and, and focus more on mindfulness. And like I I kind of dealt with my own experience of dealing with uh, anxiety and and a bit of depression over the last couple of years. And one of the things that the doctor said was the two things you need most are exercise and mindfulness. And um, recently, I've I've been doing a lot more of both of those. And I've noticed that my happiness is like through the roof. And I, and I do think that being mindful and, and like I've been practicing yoga more, I've been trying to enjoy the moment and, and what I've been doing more. And, and I think that that has, has definitely affected my overall happiness. But I was kind of wondering if, you know, living with an illness can actually still provide you that perspective and, and allow you to be more happy because it's kind of a shitty hand at the same time. Well, and I think part of it is like I've so recently diagnosed that I'm still trying to process it. Fresh. Yeah. 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 So it's still kind of raw for me. And so Absolutely. I, probably and it hurts, have, yeah. Yeah. So I get pissed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not as happy as I was. But yeah. Mm-hmm. When I didn't know that I had it. Right. Like, That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wonder if that will change. You know, it's 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 so interesting like to, to think about, and I never have until right now, but to think about how with something that is degenerative, do you ever really get a chance to get used to it? You know, it, it, I guess it depends on how fast it degenerates. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, t- I've talked to others that have had it for a while, and they, <coughs> they say it'll plateau for a bit, and then you wake up one day with a new pain, and it never goes away, or yeah. a new, new something, and it just never goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that's something that I'm I'm sort of dealing with right now in my own personal life, where it's like I've spent so much of my life feeling like I've been plateaued in terms of where I am with my health, but over the last you know five six years, there's been this very gradual but very noticeable decline in in like lung function. It's and it's I don't know the you know. So does that have you thinking about what your future? Holds? Oh, every single day. Yeah, every single day. So how do you stay positive? Well, I'll tell you right now, this 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 podcast plays a huge role in it. Um surrounding myself with people who are 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 also positive and and have and can have a sense of humor and can like inject a little bit of that sense of humor within me when I start to lose it. Um uh not pushing away the discomfort when it comes on, especially mentally, you know, like embracing the, the, the days where mentally it's really hard. Um, those are some of the things, you know, it's, it's interesting. You talk about being around people that, you know, help laugh, help you laugh at it. Yeah. Um, my family, I grew up in a family where we, we laughed at, at horror and at, at, yeah. at, you know, grandma would die or when my wife came over, my, she was my girlfriend for first time for Christmas. My, we were going to put my dog down that week. 
and so we were having him play dead just to get used to oh, it. Oh, I mean, like my that's, God, yeah. oh. So, so when I told that's my, really funny. Yeah. So, so Jerry, when, we should do that with you more. <laughs> yeah. Zing. So, so when I told yeah. my family about this, I started making like, hey, I make a mean martini now, you know, stuff like that. And, and, and uh, they want they they can't laugh at it because they're too far away from me. So yeah. they they're not living it with me. They're just from Ooh. afar. They they think of Michael J. Fox. They think of Muhammad Ali, and they mm. that's what they imagine imagine my life to be and it's hard mm-hmm. for and I'll text jokes or something and the, they there's it's just silence I it's, yeah it, and that it's like it's weird because like I think the more the closer you are to people proximity wise where they can see you every day and they can experience it with you then it's easier to joke about it but yeah. the farther away you are physically it's like it's almost like oh I don't know if we're allowed to laugh at that because mm-hmm. they're probably thinking about you in the in the worst case oh, scenario yeah. Yeah. all the time right well, so, which is, I think, a perfect segue into talking about this this project that you've decided to take on, um, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Yeah, it's a podcast. Uh, we're going to come out with season one in September, uh, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. We're going to come out with about 10 episodes. Uh, and uh, when, I, when I announced uh, that I had Parkinson's on World uh, Parkinson's Awareness Day, um, we put together uh, Nikki Reitmeyer and I, uh, she's my producer. We put together a 20 minute, uh, mini docu- audio documentary, just sort of day in the life stuff, me with my wife and kids and talking about me talking about stuff. And we, we just, it's just an audio documentary, kind of like a single podcast episode. Mm-hmm. And the reaction was so strong that we decided there's more stories to tell here. So, uh, this summer we're collecting a lot of material and, uh, you know, I'm talking to, neurologists and doctors and my family. I'm, ha- I'm having really intimate conversations with my brothers and sister and mm-hmm. my mom and uh, talking about how, they, how they're how they digesting what's going on. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, and, and this, you know, how it affects somebody in a workforce. And so this is just season one. Well, hopefully it'll go on and on as, as my voice weakens and weakens. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah. but, but I also want to introduce other people that I've met along the way that have Parkinson's and share their story as well. Yeah. And keep us posted on that so yeah, we can please make sure do. that we put yeah. it out there when it comes out. Yeah. For sure. And what a, what a you know, <clears throat> coming back to you saying that there's, it's hard for some people with the sense of humor sort of thing and, and it's just having that distance and not being connected and not feeling like they're a part of that process with you. You know, this is a, a perfect opportunity for something like that, you know, to sure. bring people along with, with you on that journey, which I think is... Not only, not only going to be so um, incredibly beneficial, I think, for yourself in dealing with your own uh, coming to terms with this new life, but for for the, all the other people in your life as well. So, yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I, I, I hopefully it encourages other people to tell their stories because mm-hmm. I think the more we talk about these diseases and make them accessible, the the mm-hmm. more we can find you know, cures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Larry, thank you so much for, thanks guys. Uh, for this is awesome. Yeah. 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 We had a lot of fun mm-hmm. and thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another great episode. I'm sure. Uh, but until then head on over to iTunes or Apple podcasts, I guess is what we're supposed to be saying now and, uh, leave a rating, uh, a review and definitely for sure hit the subscribe button. It's one of those things that allows us to stay up on the iTunes charts and, uh, 
and plays a huge role in in helping us spread these conversations around and, and get these messages out there. So it would mean a lot to us if you did that. And if you want to support us in other ways, you can do that. You can go over to patreon.com slash sickboy and contribute to uh, to our Patreon page. If you have been doing that or have done that in the past, thank you so much. It's how we get uh, – it plays a huge role in how we are here with Larry, how we've been having these awesome uh, conversations in Vancouver. And uh, so if you've been supporting us, thank you so much. If you do decide to support us, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, as always, a big thank you to uh, Donovan, the CPAP Morgan, for the amazing sound design on this podcast. Uh, This wouldn't be possible without him. And he just made the last 30 seconds of this podcast sound like a warm spring day, which is great. So thanks, Donovan, for doing that. And uh, and also thanks to uh, uh, this person, N. Frico, who wrote in uh, uh, an amazing... um, Oh. um, What's it review, called? A review. A review. A review. A review. Podcast? Tell us about it, yeah. Brian. And Frico. Um, you don't say. The, the, this, the subject for the review is hilarious. Mm. And uh, the five-star rating uh, just said uncensored. So thanks so much for that uh, amazing review. Yeah, that was the right. That was the right. That was the right one to pick, Brian. Thanks. Really uh, appreciate that. And, uh, and what was their name again? And and. Friaco. Ken Friaco, you nailed it. Thank you. Uncensored. You heard it here first. Uh, Thank you, Take Part, for the theme music. Take part in this.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more of their songs. And that's all I got. Well, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. I'm Larry. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.